0: And I learned through all of that that you always have to kind of measure results with persistence. A lot of people think when you do charitable work, it's just good enough to be doing good. Uh, But if you're really trying to transform the world and make it just at scale, um, I have found you have to actually rigorously measure results. Even if you're fighting Ebola and the forests of Western Africa, uh, you gotta have real data that tells you where to put future resources and how to prevent the spread of disease. One,
1: two, three, four. Welcome to The Green Hour, a community of innovators, activists, and government leaders in the world of sustainability. Each week, you will hear from a leader in sustainability to help unlock your mind to a greener future. Hey guys, I'm Preston Pogue and we are live in New York City at the Concordia Annual Summit with a special guest, Raj Shah, president of the Rockefeller Foundation. The Rockefeller Foundation is a philanthropic organization which was founded back in 1913 and it's dedicated to advancing global well-being by addressing pressing challenges and supporting initiatives with the potential for large-scale positive impact. Our conversation explores Dr. Shaw's perspectives on climate change, its global impacts, and challenges, especially for developing nations. Highlighting the Rockefeller Foundation's recent commitment to $1 billion to address climate change, Dr. Shaw emphasizes the significance of substantial investments for large-scale change. We also touch on insights from his book, Big Bets. Looking at his work with Bill and Melinda Gates in vaccinating 900 million children in responding to the Ebola outbreak, along with his collaboration with Barack Obama after the Haiti earthquake. Join us for a captivating discussion that navigates global health, humanitarian efforts, and pressing challenges. What if I told you there's an organization that made significant strides against hookworm disease, malaria, and contributed to the development of the yellow fever vaccine? Enter the Rockefeller Foundation, founded back in 1913 by John D. Rockefeller Sr., a titan of the American industrial era who accumulated immense wealth primarily due to his leadership in the oil industry. While the foundation may not have eradicated hookworm disease entirely, It played a crucial role in early 20th century campaigns to combat it, notably in the southern United States. Regarding malaria, the foundation contributed to research and initiatives, helping advance our understanding and control of the disease. And in the case of yellow fever, the foundation supported research that laid the groundwork for the eventual development of a vaccine. The Rockefeller Foundation's impact extends beyond public health, encompassing a wide array of achievements that have shaped the course of global development. In the realm of agriculture, the foundation spearheaded the Green Revolution in the mid-20th century. By funding research and initiatives, it played a pivotal role in developing high-yielding varieties of staple crops, transforming agricultural practices, and alleviating food shortages in many developing countries. In education, the foundation has been a catalyst for change. It supported initiatives that led to the establishment of the American Council on Education and played a key role in shaping education policies and practices in the United States. And today, the Rockefeller Foundation is making their biggest bet yet, a $1 billion commitment to finding solutions around climate change. Our guest on the Green Hour today is no stranger to making big bets. His groundbreaking work with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation helped vaccinate 900 million children. He worked with Barack Obama in response to the devastating earthquake in Haiti in 2010, and he led USAID's response to the Ebola outbreak in West Africa in 2014. Our guest is Raj Shah, and he is the president of the Rockefeller Foundation. Dr. Shah is a distinguished figure in the realms of global health, humanitarian work, and international development. With a background in medicine, he has devoted his career to addressing pressing challenges on a global scale. His impactful journey includes key roles such as administrator of the United States Agency for International Development during the Obama administration, where he led responses to humanitarian crises and championed initiatives like Feed the Future. His tenure at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation marked significant contributions to global health, notably in expanding access to vaccines. Since 2017, as president of the Rockefeller Foundation, he has steered the organization's commitment to addressing climate change, fostering inclusive economies, and building urban resilience. Dr. Shaw's leadership is underscored by a commitment to bold initiatives and transformative change, evident not only in his strategic contributions, but also in his book Big Bets, where he shares insights and a vision for creating large-scale positive impact. In the book, he animates his strategic insights with vivid behind-the-scenes stories and memorable conversations with household names that helped shape his approach to creating change and his personal growth as an Indian American from an immigrant family looking for a way to belong. He distills his battle-tested strategies for creating change, arguing that big bets have a surprising advantage over cautious ones. A bold vision can attract support, collaborations and fresh ideas from key players who might otherwise be resistant throughout the book. He traces his unlikely path to the Rockefeller foundation across a changing world. And through some of the most ambitious, dramatic global efforts to create a better world in a world hungry for transformative change. Perhaps it's time for us to consider making some big bets of our own. All right. Welcome back to the green hour. I'm super excited about this episode with Raj Shaw president of the Rockefeller Foundation. Thank you so much for joining
0: us today. Thank you for having me on the Green Hour.
1: So the first question I want to get into, Raj, is your perspective on the current state of climate change and its global impact.
0: Well, you know, I think there's a big global assessment taking place right now that's pretty clear that we're about to blow through all of the Paris targets and all the things people celebrated as historic achievements for saving our planet. And we're blowing through all that much faster than most people realize, you know, and things that are irreversible, like melting of uh, Antarctic ice or the degree of acidification in the oceans. Those things uh, are more scientific and technical, but we're blowing past all those milestones as well. And the thing that is really scary is all this stuff is irreversible. So, you know, when you see that this past year, the Canadian wildfires which normally are 4% of global carbon emissions this year will be 27% global carbon emissions. In Libya, 20,000 people perished through the floods. In Maui, Americans are dying because we are unable to handle the consequences of climate change. So it's pretty dire, it's pretty bad, and and it's gonna get a lot worse unless we all do something very differently.
1: So we talk about Canada, we talk about the US. Can you talk about the challenges posed by climate change especially on developing nations, because in Maui, we have funding, we have resources to help in the cost. But on these developing um, countries, you know, what are the challenges posed?
0: Well, actually, I'm so glad you asked that question, because it's the question really nobody ever asks. And the reality is, uh, you know, at the predicted levels of warming, 2.6 to 2.9 degrees, an additional billion people will be hungry Uh, Crop production will go down in some of the more vulnerable production environments by as much as 30% or more. Uh, We know that 200 million people will be migrants and refugees, climate refugees. And frankly, I've been fighting hunger abroad for a very long time. And the one thing we always see when we fight hunger is when you have episodes of hunger, especially that are concentrated and that reach younger people, that's what causes conflict, it's what causes instability, and it's what causes violence because, you know, people can't live that way. So I think unless we do something very differently, we're going to live in a less stable world and a and a more dangerous one.
1: So taking that point and then looking at the current work the Rockefeller Foundation is doing to really combat climate change. So could you talk about Rockefeller Foundation's mission and really how it relates to ending energy
0: poverty and addressing climate change? Well, our mission was actually crafted by John D. Rockefeller Sr. shortly after he amassed uh, what by a historic basis is the world's largest fortune ever amassed. And his mission for the Rockefeller Foundation was to make investments that would bring the frontiers of innovation, science, technology, and progress to people that are otherwise left behind. And back in uh, the turn of the last century, that meant investing in medicine and health as of scientific field it create we helped create the field of international science based public health 40 50 years later that meant investing in agricultural research that allowed crops to flourish in Asia and Latin America in a movement called the green revolution that moved almost a billion people off the brink of hunger and starvation and today we're making those investments in the climate transition and the technologies like renewable energy technologies that we think will define the future, but currently are frankly not available to the majority of humanity and are being uh, really focused on, on just wealthy countries.
1: Yeah, someone once told me that renewable energy shouldn't just be for the wealthy countries, but it should also be for the impoverished countries. So um, what the Rockefeller Foundation is doing is remarkable. And could you really Share more about the historic commitment that the Rockefeller Foundation has to end energy poverty and really its significance
0: in your 110-year history. Well, we've we've made uh, we're we're making a big bet on climate change. We're committing a billion dollars to climate change over the next five years, and a big part of that commitment is to help bring uh, renewable energy to people who still live in energy poverty. And I'm glad you use that phrase because, frankly. You know, there's still 800 million people that live without a light bulb in their home because they don't have access to electricity and power. There are 3.6 billion people who live under uh, what we call the modern energy minimum, about 1,000 kilowatt hours per capita per day. But the number is not important. What's important is if you live below that, you live in a community that doesn't create jobs, that can't sustain businesses and that's sort of stuck going backwards while the rest of the world is progressing and you feel like you've been left behind and so we started about 15 years ago investing in bringing you know these uh really subscale renewable technologies at the time to very poor communities and we found over 15 years that hey everything got better the batteries got much better the solar panels got much better everything got cheaper And all of a sudden, the most cost-effective and important way to provide electricity to a billion people who are stuck in poverty because of energy is solar and wind and other renewable forms of electrification. So that's what we're helping to make happen, whether you're in northern India or eastern uh, Congo or parts of Latin America, even in Puerto Rico, for critical facilities.
1: So you mentioned the word Big Bets, uh, and, and that's the next point I want to get into. You actually have a book coming out in October um, that I'm very happy. I was actually telling the guys before this, I was like, I've got to read this book. Um, but your book, Big Bets, A Journey of Transformational Change. What is what is the core philosophy
0: behind um, this book? Well, Big Bets is really about uh, us as individuals and all of us together as society having a high ambition for making humanity a better place. And I find. Uh, I have had the really unique experience to work with Bill and Melinda Gates when they set up their foundation and said, I wonder if we could immunize every single child on the planet in order to prevent kids from dying under the age of five from simple diseases. And then I worked with President Obama when uh, the Haiti earthquake happened, and and he said, look, uh, this is just two hours from our shore, and a quarter of a million people died in an instant And we as America have to do everything we can to show our moral values and our humanitarian values in this time. And I've been a part of fighting a few pandemics uh, that I'm sure your listeners are well acquainted with. And so uh, through all of that, I've learned that it is actually possible to do good at scale if you have a certain mindset, You know, if you have a super high ambition, like you wanna immunize every child on the planet, not just a few in your community. Um, I've learned that you need to be able to work with unlikely partners. When I was in government, I uh, brought together Republicans and Democrats, people who rarely got together, but we traveled together. We learned from each other. We uh, prayed together in some settings, uh, told jokes together in others. And and by building those bonds of friendship and understanding, we were able to pass some major pieces of legislation that helped feed uh, hundreds of millions of people around the world. And, uh, and I learned through all of that that you always have to kind of measure results with persistence. A lot of people think when you do charitable work, it's just good enough to be doing good. Uh, but if you're really trying to transform the world and make it just at scale, um, I have found you have to actually rigorously measure results. Even if you're fighting Ebola and you know, the forests of Western Africa, uh, you gotta have real data that tells you where to put future resources and how to prevent the spread of a disease. So uh, there's some of the lessons learned from the book and I hope readers will buy the book and uh, big bets and also uh, be inspired that, especially as young people, you can make huge change in the world. You don't have to sit around and wait for your elected leaders to do it. Um, you, can, you can be a big part of the solution.
1: Well, Raj, thank you so much for coming on the Green Hour today. This has been an enlightening conversation uh, and I can't wait to share this with our listeners.
0: Thank you so much. Great to be here.